Great to be with you again today, just to carry on this series about being still and knowing God. And today we're going to be looking at the God who speaks to us through stillness. But before rushing in, let's just take some time just to slow down, to actually be still. Maybe just close your eyes. Maybe just begin to get aware of your breath. As you breathe in and you breathe out. And let's just pray. God, be more real to me than anything or anyone else right now. I welcome you into this space. I welcome you into this time. I open up my heart just to receive from you. Now, as we're talking about stillness, I thought it was particularly important, maybe not just to rush into, you know, this next talk, but just take some time and just slow down and just remember some of the things that we've looked at. It's been a bit like a Christmas dinner for me. You know, when you have a Christmas dinner and you have all the trimmings and you end up eating it for the next two or three days. And that's fine because I actually like Christmas dinner a lot. And there's been so much to chew on in the two talks I've done and then one that Nigel did a couple of weeks ago. And maybe just use a chat box just to kind of maybe type in really fast, see if you can type faster than I can speak, some of the kind of highlights of the things that have stuck in your mind from the last uh, few weeks that we've been talking about stillness. Here are some of the things, you know, we talked a lot about what stillness means. This idea of living with an awareness, being awake to God in the present moment. Kind of this opposite to this kind of inner noise and outer noise with all these things that are bouncing around in our head in that moment from the past from the future but just having a place and time to have a comprehensive personal face-to-face intimate encounter with God we also talked about why we want to grow in stillness we had that verse I mentioned already Psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know that I am God as we're still as we slow down It's a bit like that kind of photography you sometimes see on TV where they just slow something down. And because you slow something down, you just see things that you would not normally see before. And as we still ourselves, as we begin to slow down in the moment, we begin to see things of God that we have never seen before. And the more we see of God, the more we are transformed by God. We talked about the importance of stillness as it relates to abiding. And that being a place of fruitfulness, that being a place where we have kind of the fruit of joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. We also talked about if you want to be still, we need to learn to declutter our lives, get rid of those noises that are happening all around us. And then those noises get into our heads. I shared about kind of fasting my my phone and I, I found that easier that... The first thing I do in the morning as I go downstairs and kind of turn on the kettle is not also to look at my phone. I've started getting rid of apps on my phone. I've started to unsubscribe from all these kind of emails that seem to come in all the time. Just different things that we need to do to declutter ourselves so that we can learn to be still. Nigel built on this in his talk and he talked about the kind of the cycle of a of distraction, the things that distract us and breaking that cycle and getting a cycle of attention to kind of give attention to what we give attention to. Kind of take notice, it's like a weird phrase, take notice 
what you give attention to. And that phrase has been going through my mind, I don't know how many times, as I'm kind of going from my, my life recently, I've been thinking, what am I giving attention to? Paying attention to what you give attention to. I heard a quote a couple of days ago by Bill Johnson, and he said, there is a war for our attention because the enemy wants to dilute our affection. And I believe that's true. There is a war for attention. What are we giving our attention to? And to keep bringing our attention back to God. You know, that Psalm 25, the talk I did a few weeks ago, that my eyes are continually are on you. We talked about creating moments of pause. Maybe you have like a pause app. Maybe you set your phone to go off at a certain time, maybe at 12 o'clock, like Joe suggested, and to say the Lord's Prayer. But also that idea of creating pause moments in everyday moments of our life. Things that we do every day. Things like boiling kettle. I think somebody mentioned in the chat box a few weeks ago. Or maybe when you're washing up. Uh, ironing if you iron. I don't iron really. But any chore actually is an easy one to turn into a time of stillness. Anything that you have done so many times that you can do it without really focusing. Gives you an opportunity to, in that moment to bring your focus in on God. And then we, you know, we declutter, we create these moments of pause, and we talked about what can you do in those moments. We talked about things like hands up, hands down prayer. Hands down is when you just let go of the things that are just bouncing around in your head, your fears, your worries, your concerns, just stuff. And hands up is when we receive from God. We talked about things like breath prayer. I just did a little bit right at the beginning where we just begin to begin to get aware of our breath. Close our eyes to be still. We talked about things like using a verse. A piece of scripture. A, a short line from a song. One I use often is just, I love you, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. Something that helps fix our eyes afresh on God. Maybe you tried some and I'd encourage you to keep trying them and maybe try different things for whatever it is that we need to create stillness in our lives. And then seeking to grow in it. I don't know how it's going for you. Uh, actually, the first few weeks it was going really, really well. But this last kind of week and a half, Katie and I have had lots of training and I found it really, really hard. I've had so many things bouncing around in my head and I found it actually really hard to still myself and get my attention on God. But whether it's been going well, you found it more difficult. As we said before, every day, every moment is an opportunity to start again. On this journey of learning to live from stillness. And maybe some of the things in your highlights and things that stuck, it, stuck in your mind are the same as those. Today I just want to just dig in a little bit deeper and look at the importance of stillness. And the effects and the benefits of doing it. And I'm going to be using a story in 1 Kings chapter 19, reading from verses 11 to 18. Where Mike Pilavachi was speaking last week, and he kind of turned to this passage, part of me was like, no! <laughs> because I'd already written this talk, ready to record it. And, um, but he only touched on it briefly, and I'm going to go in much more depth. But looking at verses uh, 11, actually I'll go back to... Uh, at verse 9b and 10 and it's entitled my my bible the lord speaks to elijah but the lord said to him 
What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I am zealous, serving the Lord God Almighty, for the people of Israel have broken the covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again with a phrase he'd said before. And then verse 15, it says, Then the Lord said to him, Go back the same way you came and travel through the village, sorry, travel through the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nifshi. And anoint Elijah, son of Shephat, to replace you as my prophet. And anyone who escapes from Nazel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. And then verse 18, Elijah went. And then the context of this um, story is kind of obviously the passage before 1 Kings 18. And if you don't know the story, it's a great story where Elijah kind of calls out and God answers by fire. And then he falls on his knees and begins to cry out to God. And a famine that's been happening for like three, three and a half years kind of comes to an end because the rains come. But now, in chapter 19, he's kind of running for his life. He's tired. He's burnt out. He's frustrated. He's angry. He's disillusioned. His faith is at a low. If he's isolated, he feels abandoned. He's starting to blame others. He's got a distorted perspective of life. He's got all these things happening. And I think some of those kind of descriptions I gave could be applied to a lot of our lives in this, this time in particular. Well, maybe we feel frustrated. Maybe we feel isolated. Maybe we feel abandoned. Maybe we've got a distorted perspective. But then God meets him in this place. God gets Elijah away from all that kind of noise and life's distractions and comes to him. And he doesn't give him a pep talk like, pull yourself together, Elijah. Interesting enough, he doesn't speak for the wind or the earthquake or the fire. And these were historical ways that God had spoken to his people before. He was going to speak to them in a new way. And he spoke to them in a gentle whisper. A still, small voice. Literally, the, the word there is he spoke to them for a sound of sheer silence. God spoke through sheer silence. God speaks in many different ways. He speaks through the, the Bible. It's, uh, it's very common and easy way that he speaks to us. It's his word. He's going to speak to us in worship and other ways. But here God is going to speak through silence. Previously when we talked about stillness, we we're kind of creating this inner silence. That kind of place where we fix our focus and attention upon God as an act of adoration. But in stillness, we also enter into that place of silence. For crucial two reasons, which I'll explain in a minute. But in that place, 
it ends up transforming Elijah's life. He gets reminded of who he is and what his calling and his purpose is. His self-pity goes, his perspective changes, he's energised, he's a different person. And that's why we, it's important we learn the lessons of creating that stillness and entering into that silence. So firstly, to restate, stillness is when we enter the silence. There's a real and powerful thing happens when one creates a place for two people just to connect in silence, let alone when God meets us, when two people interact. Somebody wanted to kind of do a kind of a, an experiment, and they did something called, um, you can find this online, it's called The Artist is Present by Marina Abramovic. And this was done at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And really all it was, was she sat down at a chair, and there was a chair opposite, and people could come and just sit and face her for however long they wanted to in silence. People queued just for this experience. And there was somebody there taking photographs. And again, you can find these photographs online to see their reactions as they just sat in silence before Maria. And so many of them cried. And they were asked afterwards. And so many people just said it was kind of life-changing. It was like having a, a spiritual experience. And it's not surprising that they use the language because we were made to be seen. We are wired that way. We are made to be seen by God. And being seen by God transforms us. There's a lovely story in Genesis chapter 16. And there's a lady called Hagar. And um, she's a, a wife of Abraham. And she's kind of been sent into the, the desert. She's in a place again of desperation. She's got a child with her that looks like it's going to die. She looks like she's been abandoned. But in that place, God meets her. And she gives him a name. It's the first time in the Bible where God has given a name. Up to that point, he had always revealed his names. And she says, you are the God who sees me, Eroi. You're the God who really sees me as I am. And you accept him. You see, we don't normally allow ourselves to be still long enough to be seen in his presence. To actually allow us to be seen. To be felt by God. You see our whole culture is about doing. When two strangers meet. One of the first questions. You can ask is like. What do you do? And then once you have that answer. We so often just put people into kind of categories. And now I know how to relate to you. That's why so often people find it hard. When they retire. Or when they're. Their kind of role is taken away, affects them emotionally because they're caught up in their doing rather than who they are. And the heart, one of the hearts of the gospel is that we are loved apart from what we do. We are loved by God. And in silence, we are stripped away of the kind of false images, the false personas that we might create on Facebook or Instagram. But God sees us as we truly are. In silence, we connect with people in a way that you cannot do in any other way. You know that in a relationship, when you have a relationship that's really deep, you can just be with them. You don't have to talk, you don't have to say or do anything else. You can just be with them. You know, and I mentioned a few weeks ago that we create this place of solitude and silence where we 
see God. We pour our adoration out on him. But as crucial, it's in the place of stillness and silence that God sees us. We create that space for him to look into us and to be changed by that. To know that he is there for us. And I think for some of us, we need to have that Haggai experience in silence. We're like, God, do you see us? Do you know what we are going through? And in place of silence, God says, yes. Allow me the time and space to see you. And that's again, I just want to take a, a moment because I think that's important for some of us. Some people here feel like Hagar, they're abandoned. Like Elijah, they're all alone. And God wants to say, I know you. I see you. So just shut your eyes. Again, maybe just become aware of your breathing. Begin just to declutter your mind, however you want to do that. Focusing on a verse. And then just allow God to begin to acknowledge you. Allow yourself to be seen by God. spend quite a while there and just wear the time but the other reason creating this space this silence is it allows space and time for God to speak to us you see Elijah was changed when God spoke to us we are always changed when we hear the voice of God it is so important to hear his voice because when we hear his voice everything changes see that's important of stillness when we are not still and our minds are distracted we have that inner noise we have that outer noise it will speak into us at all times it will shape us it's a cruel noise it's a noise that doesn't bring life it's a noise that does not allow us to become all that god wants us to be it's a noise that causes us just to become like everybody else it begins to dictate our worth and our value according to things which do not line up with what god says only the voice of God brings freedom. Only the voice of God brings healing and restoration that calls forth our true name, our true worth and our true value. And this shouldn't surprise us because that's what God's voice has always done. As I was reflecting on this, I was reminded of two examples. Firstly, Genesis 1, right at the beginning of the Bible. It says that the world was formless. Some translations say dark, devoid of life lifeless empty and maybe that's it's like words that you could describe your life as but then it says god speaks and everything everything changed we were transformed light life that is what the voice of god does and it's always done that and it will always carry on doing that i was reminded of a, a story and one of my highlights of lockdown is being connected with a series called the chosen it's a crowdfunded project you can find it on youtube I really encourage you to, to watch it. Maybe it takes uh, one or two to get into it. But the first one is about the story of Mary Magdalene. The story you find in the, the, the Gospels. And she was kind of demon-possessed. She was purposeless. She was confused. Yet Jesus comes along. I, I love this. It's like one of my favorite bits of the chosen film. He speaks just her name. 
And her name signifies who she is and what she's for. And it transforms her. And she says, you know, I haven't heard anybody call that ne- my name in such a long time. And as you look at the rest of the series, you see the transformation. You see the life. She's radically changed because she heard the voice of God coming through Jesus. And it makes sense because when Jesus said in Luke 19 verse 10, that he came to seek and save the lost. Well, the word lost there means broken and beyond repair. But the word of God brings restoration. It's the word of God that brings abundant hope. It's the word of God that releases faith and expectation. It's the word of God that restores what the world cannot restore. Recommend. It's the word of God that brings inner joy. It's the voice of God that connects with our very inner self and calls forth who we are and what we're meant to be. And we need to hear that voice of God on a daily basis. It has life. It brings life. It brings a life in all its fullness that Jesus has. And maybe at this point in time you feel like you don't have some of that abundant hope, expectant faith, inner joy. You feel lifeless. And I would say that we need to hear the voice of God. Are you ready to hear the voice of God? Are you ready to hear the voice of God today? Well, I want to just do a little bit of ministry now. I want to create some time. I don't want to wait to the end. I want to hear God's voice right now. So again, let's just get into that posture. And uh, I'm just using what I find works best for me. But you might have all these things bouncing around in your head and just begin to focus in on your breathing. Breathe in and out. Become aware of your breath. Begin to slow down your breath as much as you can. It's just focusing on a phrase. I love you, God. I love you. I love you. You're not emptying your mind. You're just encountering God in that space and time. Then ask God to speak to you. To remind you who you are. Notice the voice of God because it brings life. It's coming. In this moment in time, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, is speaking into your life. He's been waiting for some of you a long time. mind begins to drift some of you this is a long time of stillness that's fine just again begin to speak I love you God I love you Jesus bring stillness and silence back into your mind 
letting carry on speaking. Probably some of you are saying, I haven't heard anything. Maybe just feel his love. When my children were small, in particular when they're small, sometimes I just held them and I didn't say anything. I just looked at them. But as their lives looked at mine, they would see me looking at them with love. So maybe you're not hearing anything, but the Father is looking at you with love. He is looking at you with delight. Well, that's powerful. It's always powerful when we hear the voice of God, when we have those Elijah moments, when we create that time. So I'm just going to come in to land and just tie up a few things just very quickly. We need to learn to be still and to create those moments of stillness where we encounter God in silence. About a week ago, I had a dream. And in that dream, I was in the house and it was pitch black. All the windows and doors were shut. The windows had shutters on them. And I was kind of like stumbling around and stubbing my toe and it wasn't nice. But I was aware because I was taken outside in the dream and there was just bright sunshine outside. And as I was back in the house, as I began to open the shutters, just light and life begin to flood into that house. And the more and more shutters I open, more and more light and life begin to um, flood in. And I felt, I asked kind of God in my dream, what's this about? And I felt God say that stillness, when we create those moments of stillness and we become awake and aware to God, it's like opening those shutters. And I felt like God said to me, what other shutters in your life, God, do you need to open? What other areas do I need to learn to become still? There's some things I'm learning to find easier when I'm boiling the kettle. I recently started running again. And I find those moments, because I'm not running too fast, I'm not gasping for breath. I can actually find that a good time just to be still. But there's other areas. Roughly, right, for example, right, between kind of 8, 13 and 9, when I'm trying to get the kids to begin homeschooling with Katie. And it's just noise and chaos. You know, honest, I'm finding it hard to open that shutter then. But I need to grow and develop in that. What areas do we need to open to God, create stillness in? Secondly, in those places where we have and create that stillness, we need to learn to begin to open and be receptive to the voice of God. Learn and become familiar with the voice of and a great tool to, um, to help you in that is called the prayer of examine. The prayer of examine can be used in many different ways. But one of the ways it can be used is to learn to become aware of a movement of what God is doing in your life in the daytime. So sometimes at the end of a day when I'm, my head's on the pillow and I'm just lying there, I ask myself these questions as a prayer of examine. When was I most aware of God today? Why? When was I least aware of God? Today. Why? When did I hear the voice of God today? Why? When did I not, when did I not hear the voice of God today? Why? And as I learn, I reflect. It helps me more and more to be aware and open to the voice of God. So we need to create this stillness. We need to begin to recognize the voice of God. Lastly, in those moments of stillness and silence when God speaks, we need to 
decide that we're going to say yes to what God says about ourselves. Say yes to that. Rather than we so often say yes to the noise that comes in from elsewhere. To say yes to the calling and the destiny that he has for us. And as we do that, then we'll truly be what Mike Pillow actually talked about last week. Spirit-led people. You see, when we are still and we hear the voice of God and we follow and say yes and obey that, then we are spirit-led people. When we're still and we do that, we are never the same again. And the communities that we are in are never the same again. So do you want to go on that journey with God, learning to create places of stillness, to hear the voice of God that will bring life into your life and then life through your life? Let's pray. God, I thank you that you invite us to meet you in a place of sheer silence so that you can look upon us and speak over us and release life in and through us. And so we say yes, Lord. We're aware we live in a world where there's so many distractions and things that are seeking to draw us away from your voice, that are seeking to draw our affections and our tensions away from you. And we say afresh, we want to be people that learn in a world that seems to be increasingly chaotic and noisy, to live from an inner deep sense of stillness and silence where your voice is the one that resounds in us and through us.